Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show Oddly red face. <laughs> Who knows what goes on with these bizarre lights? But thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Sorry we're a little bit later than advertised today. It's a crazy week. I'm not going to lie. In case you haven't seen over on What Culture Wrestling, we are doing uh, retro ups and downs tomorrow. So please do make sure you check that out if you don't plan to already. 2 p.m. BST, the usual time. We're doing the Raw Rumble 2000. And who knew that trying to get a three-hour pay-per-view into my already quite packed week would be a little bit of a struggle. But it's a struggle that I wanted to do. It makes me very excited. I'm hoping everybody enjoys what we have uh, what we have in store. Also, as you are watching live on twitch.tv, Forza Simon316, please do go and subscribe to the audio feed. Just for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. As mentioned in the last episode, I had to cancel one of the damn feeds because Apple had duplicated it. And like I assumed, I've now lost like a percentage of my audience, which drove me nuts because I worked pretty hard to build it up. But I'll just keep talking about it. I'll just keep mentioning it and hopefully we can get it back to where it was. Also, shout out to pinsandknuckles.com, pinsandknucklesmerch.com for supporting the uh, podcast or whatever. Uh, I got new merch. Thanks to them now too. Um, if you check out simonmiller.bigcartel.com, you can get a Flexus tee, you can get a Y slaphead tee. I like them like a cartoon. And you can get a bald asshole tee. I said I'd make them and I certainly went and I got them made. And also thank you to everyone that has signed up to the Patreon this week, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. I can't do it without you. Quite literally, I would just vanish from all of this if it went away tomorrow. So from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you very much. Let's start with AEW. I don't think there's any major breaking news. If there is, drop it in the chat right now and we'll get onto it. Interesting show, Dynamite, this week. It lacked some of the pizzazz that I think some of their most recent episodes have. That's to be expected if you're running 52 shows a year. Not everyone is going to smash it out of the park. But there was one thing on there in particular that I did not see coming at all. And as I said on Ups and Downs for AEW, which you can check over now, What Culture Wrestling, again, cheap plug. If anybody tells me they thought this was going to happen, you are a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. You just I don't even think the person in question probably knew before seven days. But we learned all this stuff about the women's tag team tournament. It's going to air on Mondays on AEW's YouTube channel. And it's like got a color-coded team picking system. So you go up to like a ballot box. You take out a color. <coughs> excuse me. And uh, whoever gets the similar color as you is your random tag team partner. Uh, no taking backs. No seconds. You have to stick with whoever you've got. So Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero pick hers. She gets purple. And the other person that got purple was Cameron from WWE. I can't remember her real name now because my brain is... Uh, her last name is Alexander, I think. I can't remember. Un un uh, I don't remember. It begins with an A. I, I honestly was stunned. I was stunned. I, I was more stunned when she looked at the camera and went, I'm back. I said, like, what do you mean you're back? You were never in this company and you haven't been in WWE for four years. And I'm all for opportunities. I really, really am. It's the same with Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona that we'll talk about in a second. But I just never saw it coming. And it was the weirdest re-debut, debut, whatever you want to call it in a million years. I if you just started watching wrestling, you'd have no clue this person was. And she looked at the camera and went, I'm back. What do you mean you're back? Where did you go? <laughs> baffling. Absolutely baffling. But as I said on ups and downs, we don't know where it's going to go. If Nyla Rose just beats the crap out of her, then it's like, okay, that's not so bad. 
But I mean, please tell me what you thought about it. You can come and tell me on Instagram and Twitter at Simon316. You can tell me in the comments. I'm good, good for her. I hope she does really, really well. I send her nothing but success. But wow. <laughs> I just, I never would have picked that name out of a lineup. I, 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 what's, I need to remember. What I, no, who cares? I can't remember. I can't remember. But there you go. And yes, we had another debut as well. This one a little bit more well-hounded, I thought. Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder. I'll stop calling him Zack Ryder after a while, but that's how people know him. You know, you've got to be smart with your audience. I really liked him. I thought he'd end up in All Elite Wrestling. I didn't think there was a way that he wasn't going to, given that him and Cody are like best friends. And really, that's where the controversy comes from. Well, the two lines are, oh, it's another WWE guy in AEW, and it's, oh, he's just Cody's friends. Well, address the latter one first, right? Who cares? I, I said this, I, I said it on Ups and Downs. If you had a wrestling company and you could get your wrestler friend to come in and wrestle with you, would you say no in case some nerds on the internet went, wah, wah. no, you just bring him in. You would bring them in. And also, when you talk about him being an ex-WWE guy, Zack Ryder is the quintessential, the guy never got given a proper push, even though he did everything you asked him to do. You know, he grabbed the brass ring, he got himself over, he was innovative, he was original. And never at one point did we allow that to, to shine in the proper way. Instead, we got Kane to push him off the top of a, uh, an entrance ramp when he was in a wheelchair. Like it's, he deserves a, a proper shot is my, is, is my point. And I want to see what he can do. It doesn't mean that it's going to work, but it also doesn't mean that it's not going to work. And I think that's the key. And I like the idea of Cody and uh, Zack Ryder, sorry, Matt Cordona as a tag team. I really do. I think it gives you options too. Maybe then one of them turns on the other one and that sparks a heel turn and we get a, a feud a program between them. And also Zack Ryder, oh, damn it, Matt Cordona does have a massive social media following. Like it's huge. I think I saw somebody post earlier that it's the second biggest in the company. Jericho's first, then him, then Matt Hardy. Makes sense, right? Because of where they were before. So that could be good. That could get more eyes on it. <clears throat> and if you are, a, 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 well, were a Zack Ryder fan, you're going to know that his, you know, you're going to follow his journey. Maybe you do, you know, maybe you do jump across to, uh, to, to, to check him out. I think it's really unfair that just because he was tarred with one brush in one company, which was not his fault, we're now going to judge him, you know, for, for this. I think that's really, really, really unfair. Uh, let's give him a chance. As for Cameron, I still give her a chance. Give everyone a chance. I'm all for opportunity. Again, sometimes I think you need to put yourself in the person's shoes. If you're Cameron, I, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'm just going to call her Cameron. But if you put yourself in Cameron's shoes and she gets the phone call. My phone's here. Ring, 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 ring. Hello. Oh, it's AEW. Of course I would like an opportunity. You don't go, oh, hi. No, some idiots on the internet may insult me, so I'm not going to bother. You don't do that. And if you do do that, you're being a fool. You need to seize the day. You need to grab these chances with both hands. That's why I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. When people tag me in tweets and they at Cody and they at Tony Khan and they at AEW telling them they want me to challenge for the TNT title. I smile from ear to ear because of course I'd love to do that. You know, am I super green? Yes. Would there be issues? You know, we'd have to work around, of course, but I'm aware of that. I'm not a moron. I'm a bald asshole, not a moron. But I would jump two feet into that. And you, people would say, okay, Miller, what's the ultimate thing that could happen? It's like, well, I have a really good match with Cody Rhodes. And then, oh, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? I stink the joint up, not because of Cody Rhodes, because of me. But you don't, you, you can't live your life that way. So I'm not going to start getting mad at these people for trying to enhance their careers. But that doesn't mean that we can't wait and see how, see how the story unfolds and, and this and that. I, uh, Cameron, baffling. Uh, the introduction, awful, because you have to give people some kind of context. Matt Cordona, really fun, really excited. Um, got in great shape. 
you're genuinely excited to see what they what they do. I think strange would be the word that I'd use to define dynamite. There were some really good bits and some really strange bits, like that FTR contract signing, where they're like, "Yeah, man, put it in the rules that we got to have." I understand it. I get that's their storyline, but to me, it was a little bit. So we're now openly admitting that we just don't have rules in tag team matches. But again, you know, the flip side to that, this slow build to potentially a four horseman group or whatever it is that they may be doing really really great and you tie that in with the kenny omega stuff who's having the greatest slow heel turn of all time at the moment of all time but certainly up there absolutely brilliant you know i can't wait to see it and he is he has managed to do that thing where he's clearly going quote unquote bad but it's not like he's all of a sudden come out with evil music and he's got a growl on his face it just seems a bit pissed off because he doesn't enjoy who his tag team partner is hanging around with or he doesn't agree with his actions and I, I think the best storyline that AEW is telling at the moment is the Dark Order stuff. How good was Colt Cabana when it, Colt Cabana, Cabana, whatever, when he was on commentary? So good. Sounded like a guy that had been completely and utterly brainwashed by a cult member. And Brody Lee, I think, has really grown into that role. Uh, I thought the promo he cut sounded far more <coughs> comfortable and astute than it had done recently. And he was fine before. So, you know, and... You know, all these teams, AEW's doing that great thing where all these things are converging. So Dark Order's got a problem with a lot of people. FDR Young Bucks have got a problem with a lot of people. You everything with the tag team champions. Multiple people have said they're interested in the world championship. It just makes all these things feel more important, especially from a title point of view. Why would only one person want to go after the world title? As Stone Cold Steve Austin told us, uh, you know, if you're not in this game to be a world champion, you need to get out of game. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if you are a working professional wrestler and you're making a living from it and you're a happy person, then you, you've absolutely won already. But yes, you should always have um, lofty ambitions too. So yeah, I thought all of it, all of it came together uh, quite nicely. And I, and I like the Warhorse Cody match. Uh, you know, it wasn't the best open challenge match that we've seen, but I love the concept of the open challenge. So that gets me excited. And I just love the fact that Warhorse has this online following and they willed him into this position. He deserved it too. You know, he's been busting his ass like most wrestlers have. And, you know, to be on a stage like Dynamite and be able to wrestle, you know, one of the biggest wrestlers there is at the moment, regardless of what you think of Cody, that's what he is. I, I just had a big, again, a massive smile on my face. I love seeing things like that. I can't think of another major promotion that would have done it. And that's a feather in AEW's cap too. I, um, yes, I, I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it uh, hugely. And of course, Cody won. And that's when Matt uh, Caldona came out. And yes, it overshadowed it a bit, but that was the story they wanted to tell i don't think it takes anything away from that match and i think the challenge is still good <clears throat> there were some things that were disappointing is not fair lower than my than my expectations have been led to believe like that opening 10 mad tag still enjoyable still entertaining but kind of was just there and flew by without much of a of much of a note like it was okay it was good you'd never crap all over it but when it was done i was like okay fine and it was kind of the same with the um Oh, my brain has, has, has deceived me now. There was something else where I was, oh, the inner circle promo in the ring. Again, it was good. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with Orange Cassidy and Jericho next week in a debate. And then the match the following week after that, the orange jacket stuff's quite funny. But yeah, I, I wasn't particularly emotional. <laughs> That's not the right word, but <clears throat> I wasn't, you know, there was no real reaction or engagement there for me when it was done. It was just kind of there. It needed to be there. M. Jeff, on the other hand, stole the show to the point many people are mad online that I didn't get a golden up. That's when you know when someone's done something well, when you don't give something a golden up and uh, people come and yell at you for it. I think probably the best promo we've seen him do in AEW. I mean, he may have done a better one elsewhere, but I certainly haven't seen it. I love the idea. I love the story. I love how he took facts like ratings and made them his own facts. You know, absolutely not true. And you can figure it out with one Google. There was some truth in everything he said. 
He played off cornetisms to try and get under the skin of AEW hardcore fans. It was nigh on perfect for what he was trying to do. You know, we did all the presidential stuff, I suppose, to mimic all the controversy with that too, especially because Donald Trump came out today and said he thinks we should delay the election. So that's a whole new argument people are having. It felt very of the times and it felt very topical. And I was very, very impressed. Uh, that guy is going to, he already is money, but he's going to be, if he carries on on this, uh, this path, he is, I think he'll be a major, major, major player. He's a guy that you can hate. And more importantly, he's a guy that you believe. You know, not one word came out of his mouth last night that didn't feel like I totally believed the character of Maxwell Jacob Friedman wouldn't say it or didn't believe it. It was really, really good. And I like Wardlow as his backup as well. Uh, we do need to go back to that story at some point because they were teasing a breakup. They've clearly decided to go another way. And like I say, now you've got Brian Cage is interested in the championship. Darby Allen is interested in the championship. And MJF, MJF is, and he's challenged them um, for All Out, which I think is September. So that's two months away. So we're planting those seeds. And we've got Darby Allen versus John Moxley next week too. Brian Cage doesn't seem done with it. That's okay. I think Darby Allen and Brian Cage will then do some kind of spin-off feud for now, and that frees open Jock Moxley for MJF. But that's all right. There's, there's no issue with that at all. And that tag match at the end. AEW is certainly onto something with these bonkers, Fools Count Anywhere, Tornado tag matches. Like the Young Bucks and Butcher and the Blade did over a million for a few minutes last week. And that has to be through word of mouth and people talking about it on social media. And while I don't think this one was as nuts, I do think it may get a similar response, especially when flipping Darby Allen stomps a, a thumbtacked skateboard into Ricky Stark's back. I don't like thumbtacks. Again, like I said at the start of the show, we're doing Royal Rumble 2000 for the retro ups and downs tomorrow. Tacks make me freak out. I mean, they're amazing to watch and fair played these loons for doing it. And I think I would do it too if the spot made sense, but my word, it makes me scream. I like Ricky Starks too. Ricky Starks has got something. I don't know what it is, but I enjoy seeing him on my screen. He's like, he's become one of my favorites. Somebody that I look forward to. Him and uh, over in WWE, was it Leon Ruff? I like Leon Ruff. I did a video on him the other day. He got a similar kind of reaction. Uh, we always had Diamante versus Shida. You know, sometimes you just got to call a spade a spade. It didn't really click. It didn't really work. It's not their fault. It happens. I think to me, the real shame is that you've got this awesome story with Britt Baker and Big Swole, and they can't even wrestle at the moment. And yet Sheeta doesn't have the same kind of narrative and she's your champion. I would just double down on coming up with a proper challenger for her and coming up with all these if buts and maybes because all elite wrestling is great at doing that. We've already talked about the multiple ones they've got going on. We just need to transfer that across to the women's title so that it starts to feel more important. This is why I don't necessarily mind the women's tag team thing being on YouTube. I think some of it should be on Dynamite, but hopefully they you know, show highlights from both and it's a back and forth situation. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I have no idea who's going to win it. I have no idea what even the teams are going to be. I am intrigued. Let's go to the comments. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Math says, Mr. Brody Lee hiding his young, gullible and impressionable new recruits as he proceeds to get aggressive with Uno and Grace and his pure gold. Seriously, Charles Manson vibes from his character. I agree. His hair slightly graying too also adds to the tyranny of the character. Couldn't agree more. I like seeing Anna Jay in the group. I think she can play a, a similar role to Colt Cabana, but then maybe when he leaves, she doubles down. That's where you have the separation. Dark Order, they've made it, man. A year ago, everyone was ragging on them, or less than that now, six months ago. Uh, I'm a big fan of them. I am. I like them a lot, and I think Brody Lee was the perfect person to uh, lead them. But I also think that you know, getting Colt involved, Colt just gets it, and uh, I, I really like seeing him in this in this role. I think it's excellently told. Uh, I do. Um, 
Math also says that he thought the opener was really poor, set the tone of me for the rest of the night, could never properly get into the episode. Well, I see where you're coming from. I certainly wouldn't call it poor. I would call it lower than expectations. And sometimes when that is the case, it, it can be a bit deflating. I didn't think it was a bad episode. Like I said, the only things that really stood out to me as bad, in inverted commas, because I didn't think they were terrible, was just the, yeah, the, the, the Ariana. I mean, the name just came from nowhere. The Ariana stuff. Brains are so weird. I was just not well handled. And the women's match wasn't wasn't ideal. But there's nothing else that I would say was awful. Like, again, we're going to use the ups and downs system. I wouldn't give a down for anything else. But yeah, overall, the atmosphere was a little bit lackluster compared to other ones. But I'm sure they'll be back next week. I am confident. Uh, my man James says he thinks MJF was pure quality. And also that Darby Allen versus Moxie makes no sense. It's obvious he's not going to win the title. That is what he's going to have to do. Or AEW is going to have to do. They're going to have to make me believe that that change is possible. Because it was even a stretch with Brian Cage, although a little part of me was like, okay, maybe we can do something. But the Darby Allen thing has come too soon, really, that you, you, if you're going to change the championship, there's likely going to be a build. Doubly so, because MJF has already made his mark on Moxley too. But what I assume is going to happen is that it's going to start a proper program between Brian Cage and Darby Allen. I think that's why it exists. And if that is the case, it's a good way to do it. And it's really smart from a business point of view because it means people are going to tune in for a world title match or so you would assume John Moxley moves numbers. And then you can also make sure that everyone knows going forth we're doing Brian Cage, Darby Allen properly. And I think that whole David and Goliath, little and large, uh, just the sheer dynamics between them I think it'd be quite good. I think I would quite enjoy that as long as we give it time and, and, and all of those things. How Ricky Starks get involved in that, I don't know. Maybe do Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen instead. I think Brian Cage is more interesting, again, just because of the size difference. But I don't mind using those things to springboard off into something else, especially because I also want to see MJF versus John Moxley. So I will be all right with it. Um, Mini Nini says Cardona's debut seems super reminiscent of Christian's return in WWE super underwhelming and undersold by commentary at least in my opinion well it's always going to be underwhelming when there's no fans like if you had had fans in that building the reaction would have been so loud it wouldn't have mattered what anybody else have done you would have felt it but we just can't have that right now because we're not allowed nice things but no I thought it was fine I thought it was good I thought it was uh, well done in the sense that it was just past the fact when people were talking about it which probably means they timed it right you don't want to do it too soon where it's obvious but you don't want to leave it too long where you know you, you've missed the mark i think this was the i think this was the right time to do it if he's coming in you can't wait for fans to come back because we just don't know um i liked it i liked it but i'm a big fan of, of matt cordon i always thought he got dealt somewhat of a bad hand uh frank says i'm sorry but i can't take brian cage seriously ain't nobody scared of somebody called brian well i do see where you're coming from uh math says aew missed excalibur badly for me he's the voice of the company yeah he was missing in terms of a quality uh, standpoint uh, taz jr and tony shivani i don't think were as bad as some of the internet was making out but excalibur as we can see is the glue that holds it all together and also it's a voice that you haven't heard affiliated with other companies before and that's always fun uh, if you don't know the story it all ties into some very very awful comments he made uh, it was 18 19 years ago I don't know what's going to happen with that. I'm not going to comment on it because A, I haven't seen the clip and B, I don't know the situation. But that is what people are saying it relates to. Uh, my take on the matter is you just shouldn't say those things ever. Not in the year 2000, not in 2020, not in 1942. We should all respect everybody, as you know, if you watch any of my stuff. 
Uh, so whatever the fallout is, is whatever the fallout is. But from a pure commentary perspective, it's better when Excalibur is on it. This is the case. Uncultured Barbarian says, I thought it was a solid show overall. I knew MGF was going to nail that promo because such a young guy, he just gets it. I totally agree. And Patchy says, I am getting anxious about FTR. The Young Bucks and Omega and Page. The tag team division is loaded. I anticipate so many crazy matches. It's undoubtedly their strongest division. And I think that was by uh, intent because nobody else on American store is kind of paying that many dividends to tag team wrestling. So AEW's like, all right, fine. We're absolutely going to do that. Uh, but yeah, look, it wasn't the best episode of AEW that we've had. I don't think anybody could dispute that. I think they probably know that as well. But I still enjoyed it. I think it served a purpose. Next week is going to be more interesting simply because there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of sports on. How many people are going to chew into that? I don't know. I think the basketball starts as well. And maybe there's some UFC or something like that. So you need to stack up your show. And they have done. There's a lot of huge matches, uh, including the first tag team between Cody and uh, what do you call it? And Matt Cardona, which I think will get people interested. It certainly got my intrigue. Uh, I don't even know what's happened on NXT yet, by the way. My day has been so crazy and so busy. I usually try and sit down and watch a bunch of clips like on social media just to get an idea. I haven't even read results. So if you want to tell me what happened on NXT, please do. And we can chat about that. Um, it was the raw rating as well that got me. Uh, I always say time and time again, we as fans don't massively have to worry about the rating because what difference does it make? If we enjoy the show, then good. If we don't, then, you know, that's not as good. But the third hour being the lowest hour in the history of raw, we can't bury our head in the sands and pretend that's a good, a good, a good deal. Now, a huge reason for that is going to be because of the pandemic. You know, I know loads of people, loads, to about five or six people, but these are my wrestling friends who will not watch when there's no crowd. They're casual fans. They have no interest without that reaction, without the visceral nature, the atmosphere. That's why they watch. That's what they enjoy. They like the pops. They like the reaction. But you don't want to be getting to record lows regardless, right? And it's when you look at percentages week to week and year on year, all of these things look bad. So there are things that we have to do. And I've got a What Culture video going up either today or tomorrow. Please check that out. But, and I get it that the, re the response is always, oh, well, what about the financial side? Is what about the money? Totally. I understand that. But you, you just have to get rid of the third hour. You're a business. You can't just look at it from a cash standpoint. I mean, A, find a way to balance the books. You must have another revenue stream you can try and uh, employ. But it's just, if you're going to keep running off your audience because the show is so long, and that third hour was stacked with two title matches, so you have to, and nobody ever watches the third hour to the degree they watch one hour and two hour. I just think it's got to go. And I'm not saying it's as easy as that. You can't just snap your fingers. But I think Raw at 120 minutes when you can't stretch things out would be much more appealing to a wider audience. And it's not going to be worth as much as it is now if numbers keep going down. That's just basic maths. That's what everybody says when you said that, oh, I know about ad revenue. I know about finances. I live in the same world as you. I've read the same stats and studies. But you, ha you can't just, you know, be focused on the bottom line. And WWE financials are out today for quarter two, I think, quarter one. I don't know how they work. And that's going to be interesting. And I'm sure they're doing very well. But if we get two years down the line and numbers continue to erode, then that third hour is not going to be worth anything anyway. And I, I do think we need to sort of back off with the goofy finishes too. The more I thought about it, I didn't mind the Oscar and Sasha Banks finish. Like I really, really didn't. It was creative and you would have to have put some thought into it, but it's just overdone. Like the idea of shenanigan finishes are overdone. Like how often do you tune into Raw and actually expect to see somebody win clean? And when they do win clean, it's something like Bobby Lashley beating Mustafa Ali. And then that irks you a little bit because you wanted to, well, I did personally, maybe you disagree, that's fine. I wanted to see Ali go on a little bit of a run. 
because wins and losses matter, right? They do. Not massively because it's fake sports, but you have to believe that somebody is a badass. Like if Goldberg had come in and won, lost, won, lost, 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 won, 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 he wouldn't have been as cool as a dude that was just smashing fools for fun. That's why people like Goldberg. He was believable. He was intense. He got the character and he never lost. To the point that WCW, they went too far. They didn't know how to beat him. So they got a cattle prod involved and it was the worst thing ever. But Raw and WWE in general is going to have to make some changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And I do think it needs something new, just something to get excited about. And even if that doesn't work, it doesn't mean we then kick their ass for it. We appreciate the fact that they tried. Uh, sometimes you do just have to throw a bunch of the stuff at the wall and, and figure out what's um, what's going to stick. Uh, but it was not a good it was not a good rating, and you have to imagine that people are a little bit worried about it, and they're probably desperate for crowds to come back. But again, it's a, it's a flip of a coin. Like we'll, I, we talked about this the other day, will they even be back for the Rumble? Maybe not. Will they even be back for WrestleMania? Maybe not. Like how horrible is that? And it is horrible. Uh, my man Chris says, who in their prime from AEW would you like to see in WWE? Well, from a purely uh, controversial standpoint, because it's always fun seeing people jump ship. I mean, I hope that they strive and succeed in AEW. I don't see the need for them to jump. But MJF would be one. Uh, Obviously, I'd love to see Kenny Omega for the potential matchups. The Young Bucks for the same reason. Mostly just to see them against the New Day or Cesaro and Shinsuke. That would be awesome. Um, I mean, most most guys. I mean, who would I really like? I mean, I'm more interested in seeing Rusev in AEW if we're talking about that which could still happen. I know Rusev uh, or Miro came out recently and said that uh, he's retired from wrestling and he's just going to be a streamer. I'm going to guess he's trolling. He does enjoy uh, he does enjoy doing that, but I don't think we're going to see that jump for a while. Or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Math says, only time I've seen Orange Cassidy out of character is when he was cooking with Brandy Rose. Seems like such a humble guy. Worked in the Indies for over 16 years and he's finally getting his break. So happy for the dude. Yeah, he's like in his mid-30s. I really like those kind of stories and it goes to show always believe in your dreams and never give up. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed success, but uh, it feels a lot better when it does come along. So yeah, Uh, someone just told me about NXT 2. Dexter Loomis beat Bala and Thatcher. Well, that's surprising. Did who took the loss? I'm going to guess that's that's not what I would have. I need to read up about this. I'll read up about it later. Uh, Mada says, what did you think of WWE's Extreme Pay-Per-View, Extreme Rules Pay-Per-View? Well, I will uh, employ you to employ you to go and listen to the episode we did last week. You can find it in the archives. Again, search for it on Simon's Pro Wrestling Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, whatever podcast app you use, Stitcher. It's all there. Cheap plug from me. Ultimately, though, I thought it was a pile of madness, but it was so crazy. I really did enjoy myself because it just felt like the wheels have come off. And I that, that's just the type of person I am. Um, Ring King says, I don't think WWE would get how Omega works. Well, I wasn't saying it because of that. I was saying it, you know, people that I would like, you know, Seth Rollins versus Kenny Omega. That's a match that I want to see. You know, it just, it just is. I think Kenny Omega is one of the greatest wrestlers there is right now in terms of bell to bell. I don't think there's, there's few people better than he. He absolutely rocks. Um, oh, apparently the WWE second quarter earnings are released. I'm not going to read them now, but if there are anything interest, we will... We will talk about them. Other than that, though, that's a little. That's literally about it in terms of what's going on in the in the wrestling world. I tried to catch Impact, but I haven't as of yet. I did see Gallows and Anderson's match, and I thought it was good. Reminded me of what kind of uh, badass tag team they are. I always enjoy them, and obviously Heat's going to have his first match next week too, which I'm also looking forward to. I like he's like um, Matt Cordona to me. I just have such goodwill 
towards that guy and i hope that he does uh i hope that he does well but other than that yeah i don't think it's all gone kind of quiet and i'm going to assume that's a good thing so i'm looking through headlines to make sure i haven't forgot about something huge that i should have talked about i mean i guess the other thing is that the rumor is that SummerSlam may feature outside of the performance center i certainly would be up for that because i think a change of pace and a different visual is only going to be beneficial for a show like SummerSlam, which is a big deal you know i said the other day second biggest pay-per-view of the year as far as i'm concerned and it will make any kind of title changes you do uh you know have more of an impetus too but it all depends whether it's feasible again we are going day to day like even though i don't get too far off track but even over here in the uk you know, they're warning of a second wave. I feel bad saying this, right? But everyone keeps going coronavirus, the second wave, and it's a horrible situation. And it's terrible. But if you made a movie called Anything, the second wave, I'm probably going to go and see it. And it absolutely does sound like that. Uh, Biting Trump's Tasty Peach, always the name. Do you think WWE are trying to set up a debut match for Dominic against Seth? I think it'd be a tag team match. I don't think you'd want it. There's, there's no point exposing him at that point unless they want to do it where Seth Rollins just beats him up. But I would like to see Dominic in the ring now. I think he's been teased long enough. I think he's shown enough potential. So yes, I'd absolutely be fine with that. And uh, maybe he does it with his dad. Maybe that's what they're holding off. Maybe they're hoping that Ray re-signs with WWE before SummerSlam. And then you do the Mysterios versus Murphy and Seth Rollins. I like that match. I think the story is stupid. Um, but from what I've seen of him, absolutely something I'd want to buy into. So I think you could probably... And I think it feels like a SummerSlam match. You know, there's big names in there. Uh, Mada says, Simon Miller, what do you think about Jushin Thunder Liger still wrestling in Japan? He's in his 50s. I thought he's retired now. I thought he retired this year, last year. Days mean nothing. I mean, until then, I think he's one of the best ever. And if you are just a WWE guy, you can go watch his match with Tyler Breeze at TakeOver to prove that. But uh, he has pretty much had good matches with anybody. And he could probably continue to still go should he so choose, but he's decided to go the other way. All-time great is what I would call him. Uh, Maf says, would you like to see the internet championship defended on dark when the live crowd is still absent? Would no doubt draw more eyes to the show. No. The FTR championship, FTW, sorry, champion, FTR. That is too close. The FTW championship is an issue at the moment because it's just kind of over Brian Cage's shoulder, but we're not mentioning about it. We're not talking about it. We're not really giving it a story. I think, I think Brian Cage and Darby Allen are going to feud. And I think that's when it's going to come back to the forefront, but I, I kind of feel like it was a little bit of an error to introduce it now. So soon after the TNT title, because that now feels like this badass belt. The AEW belt feels badass. Tag belts feel badass. Women's belt is good, but you know, I think it needs more story for the matches with Shida and whoever else you want to do. Um, but I don't really get what the FTW title is doing. So if you bring in the internet championship, I kind of feel like that's just an FTW two belt. So I would, I would hold off. I, I would hold off on doing anything just now. Uh, Frank says, how could anyone dislike Heath Slater? He's got kids for goodness sake. He does too. He revealed that outside of kayfabe. Uncultured Barbarian says, as a fan of wrestling for 40 years, I have a hard time watching WWE these days. The booking just takes me out of it. And yeah, that's all right. I always say this. If you like it, then you're winning. And if you're losing, stop watching. You know, try and put your mental health first. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Palmer, is it too soon for MGF to have a world title match? I don't think so. Look, the kickoff for it, has been excellent. That's one of the best promos I've seen in All Elite Wrestling. So if it now builds from here and gets better and better and better, I'll be ready for it. Now, if you say, is it too soon for him to become the world champion? Well, you could have argued that about John Moxley. But everyone in charge of AEW is very smart. They felt the crowd. They realized that they wanted the change. And so they gave the audience what they wanted. 
And if it kind of feels like it's going to help MJF's career, to me, John Moxley is an established star, whether he wins, loses, draws, whatever. And if there is a feeling in the air that come all out, MJF beating John Moxley for the championship is going to make him, then we should make him. Because this idea of being too soon ties into what, I'm not comparing them, but to what WWE sometimes does. And by the time they do pull the trigger, they've missed that optimum moment. Now, you don't want to go too soon either. You also don't want to go too late. So read the room, feel the energy and go with it. Right now, it looks awesome, given the whole uh, shtick that they're taking. So I think it's absolutely the right move to make. Uh, Ringking says FTW belt is a lie, so it's okay. The new million dollar belt. Yeah, I know it's a lie and it's not real, but it's just an extra belt. And I'm, I'm, I always like to think of these things from someone that's just tuning in. And you don't want to bombard them with too much info because it gets confusing. We understand, but we're hardcore nerds and geeks. <laughs> they may not. And that's always, that, that, that's always my point. Uh, sticking with the FTW title, Rothy Brath says, personally, I think they should have brought the FTW title in after Cage's TNT title match, not like the week before. Um, you mean world title match? I don't think Cage has gone after the TNT title, has he? Unless I'm forgetting. I probably am forgetting. I forget these things a lot. Did he fight Cody? I don't know. Either way, I think it's something we can debate, and it would be rather that it wasn't something to debate, because that usually means we're trying to trying to figure it out. Uh, Rinking says, now I would like AEW to sign Eddie Kingston and Warhorse, because they both looked amazing. Kingston for more his promo skills. I'm never going to argue that someone shouldn't get a job, right? That's I, I know it's a weird way to look at it, but I can't stand it when people go, oh, I, want, I don't want that guy to get hired. So you don't want someone to get paid for what they do and they love. Seems a little bit, just because, ugh, anyway, I think that's a bit much. I think that's a bit much. Um, Patchy says, we need a pack update. Is he in the US? No, he's over here in the UK, which is why, I mean, he's got more need than I do, but it's why we can't travel to the US. We're not allowed. And we do need him back. Pack is one of the best. He's up there with Kenny Omega for me. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, my man Frank says, I'm still waiting for Wardlow to turn on MGF. It reminds me of the Million Dollar Man and Virgil back in the day. I love the, the Million Dollar Man and Virgil program. What Knowing what we know now of Virgil, isn't it like two completely different people with his meat sauce? I think we do need, we were talked about this, we do need to go back to that Wardlow program at some time, yes. But as long as it hasn't been forgotten entirely, and even if it has been, it was just a tease rather than an out-and-out out switch. So you can actually get away with that more than, for example, dropping the hacker angle, which I don't think is ever coming back now, which is, uh, which is absolutely atrocious. Uh, the Jones, he says, Simon, do you think Bailey and Sasha having all the gold is a good idea? I think WWE are still reeling from Ronda and Becky not being there. I both do and I don't, which is a, such a stupid thing to say, but it's true. It certainly adds to how badass they are, and it gives them things to crow about, which is always going to help heels. But, I mean, Ember Moon said it best. She did an interview with someone this week. It's just strangling the women's division. Because I know Lacey Evans and Naomi are in a few, but there's Tamina, there's Dana Brooke, there's Alexa Bliss, there's Nikki Cross. I know they're still kind of involved. There's a bunch of people I haven't even mentioned. There's Carmella, where did she go? You know, there's people that could be being pushed together as tag teams. But I guess it's working for right now. We'll have, again, it's another wait and see with that one. But I do think it's putting a little bit of a hold on the women's division. But then again, those women's tag team belts now feel more important than they have done in ages. And it's because they're on Sasha Banks and Bayley, who are not just two of the best women in WWE. They're two of the best people, full stop. Their story has been great. They've been given time. They get better each and every week. So it's a really difficult thing. There's a few little asterisks over the top, but it's not their fault. And yet they still keep delivering the goods. Uh, Palmer, how do you think, uh, who do you think should win the AEW Women's Cup? I need to know the tag teams. I mean, Brandy Rhodes and Ali is going to be one. Uh, Nyla Rose and uh, Ariana are going to be one. I'm going to guess uh, Penelope Ford teams up with somebody. 
Who that is, I don't know. It sounds like Britt Baker and Big Swole won't be involved. Does she to go after this? Is it a cup? You know, do you want to do that? Do you want to put her in a team? I personally wouldn't, but you certainly could. Is Riho going to come back? I don't know. I don't have an answer. I, I need to see the teams down on paper. But I think really, given that Vicky Guerrero has been affiliated with Nyla Rose and Nyla Rose is the beast, I think she should probably be involved in at least the final. And then you can kind of take it from there. Um, lots of people talking about the million dollar man now. The million dollar man is great. Not having a good time at the moment. He's involved in some controversy, but uh, it's awesome. Uh, buying Trump's Tasty Peach says, are you going to play WWE 2K Battlegrounds on your YouTube channel? No, but I will play it here on Twitch. Uh, I don't want to go over this again. It's boring, but you, I have the figures now if you want me to, to prove it to you. Live streaming on Twitch hurts your on-demand views. I don't know why. Somebody told me and they were right. But yes, uh, eventually when I get my ass in gear, we are going to start playing games here on Twitch. Another reason to hit that follow button. So if you have stumbled across this, please follow me on Twitch. I would appreciate it. Uh, Death, amazing, says, Simon, would you have given Ryder a shot at the TNT title to introduce him instead? No, because they're going with the friend angle. Doesn't mean you can't do that down the line. I really like the idea of Cody and Matt as a tag team. I just do. And given that everybody else has a tag team that they can kind of go and forth with in AEW, he should have one as well. And he's kind of separated himself from the Bucks and the Elite now, and they have their own partners anyway. So no, I like it. The only thing that was missing was the fans, and that's nobody's fault. Uh, Dan says, Simon, have you ordered SNM 2? <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Dude, I bought that day one, and I'm quietly contemplating whether we should do a reaction video to it on my YouTube channel, which I'll also pimp out. Simon Miller, search for it. Uh, I'll think about it, but yeah, I cannot wait. I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, WWE Creative, which I hope is actually them. Thoughts on the Katie Forbes segment on Impact this week? I haven't seen all of Impact. So I don't know what the Katie Forbes segment is. Like I said, I only saw Gallows and Anderson and I know that Heath is having a match, but I will get to it over the weekend. And when I have, I will, uh, I will let you know what I think. Uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms of people in the comments, but you can ask whatever you want. I'm massively intrigued to see what happens over the weekend. I want to know what they're going to do on SmackDown. In fact, what have they got announced for SmackDown? Because I'm pretty sure they started releasing some matches for it. I mean, someone's going to go after Matt Riddle, obviously, to try and get Baron Corbin's King's Ransom. <laughs> it's just, it sounds so silly, but I, I kind of both dislike and like the idea, which I don't know what that says about me. Where's the preview WWE? You put it the other day. If I click, oh, it's taken me to the WWE Network for some reason. Oh, it's a difficult platform to use, isn't it? Let's try that again. But I mean, they're obviously going to build to Matt Riddle versus uh baron corbin at SummerSlam. matt riddle has to win that if he doesn't we, we, we've gone nuts i will rant until the cows come home if they don't do that and i think it'll be braun Strowman versus bray white and bray white should obviously uh he, he should obviously win uh yeah the two big matches i knew they had done something happening on smackdown this week are if wwe ever chooses to load which it doesn't because it's a difficult website to use oh, i don't even know it doesn't even tell me it's aj styles versus somebody and it's uh, somebody versus somebody, somebody. Of course, AJ Styles versus Grand Metalik for the IC title. I'm kind of both for and against that because I think the match will be badass. But a small part of me is like, oh, we should have built up. We should have built up Grand Metalik just a little bit more, even one, two, three weeks. He's such a good wrestler. And I honestly believe if you were able to showcase him a little bit more, you may have actually got more people invested. Either way, it's a brand new match. It's a brand new start. I'm not going to rag on it because then we're just in hypocritical territory. And we have, and this is what I find more, more intriguing. We have everything with Nikki Cross and um, Bailey for the championship. Now, lots of people think this is going to be Sasha Banks costs Bailey the championship and we go from there. I think it's the other way. 
I think Nikki Cross is going to lose by some kind of Sasha Banks screw job. Blame Alexa Bliss for not having her back, like Sasha Banks has Bailey's. She's going to turn on Alexa Bliss. Nikki Cross is going to go crazy old heel. And we're going to start doing Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross feud. And I'm 100% in for it. I think that partnership has nowhere else to go. They're not going to win the tag team belts anytime soon. I think it's an interesting and good SummerSlam match we can build to. Maybe a little bit early, but you know, have to wait and see. I think there's a lot there. So I really hope that happens. I hope Bailey gets away once again with the skin of her teeth and pretends. Otherwise, I'd be all right with all of that. Genuinely all right with all of that. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think Grand Metalik will win the title either. It would be great if they did because I think it would send shockwaves and maybe get people to tune in. Although he'd just lose it next week anyway. But two decent matches. So hopefully SmackDown this week is quite good. It, they kind of flip and flop. Usually you get a good SmackDown, then Raw's not great. And then Raw will be great. And then SmackDown's not great. You can never just get two in a row. And it's not going to be this week. I will tell you. I will tell you that. WWE was all over the place. Um, uh, Death says he wants Oscar versus Bailey at SummerSlam. I would agree. Uh, the Bifster says, I think the best way to handle the Bray Braun rubber match would for it to be non-title. So the Fiend could kill Braun, but you don't tie the Fiend down with the belt. But since Bray kicked out of this feud by saying he wanted the title back, that wouldn't make any sense. Well, dude, Roman Reigns just left and Braun Strowman got drafted in. So don't worry about sense. But the thing is, I don't want Braun Strowman with the championship either. I think Braun's much more fun just having feuds with, with, with random guys. I think that we are going to put the title back on Bray Wyatt. And then who he feuds with? I mean, is he a face? Is he a heel? Who? I mean, do you feud him with Matt Riddle? Do you build him up to that? Is that something people want to see? Is it too weird? Do you get Daniel Bryan back involved? But we've seen that a number of times already. I really don't know what's going to happen with SmackDown. SmackDown to me is much more of an open book than Raw. Like I saw Drew Randy coming before it happened in a good way, because to me, that was the way you had to go. But what you're doing with the Universal Championship, I mean, the Universal Championship was affected when they did the whole WrestleMania 36, you know, switch at the last minute. They should have come up with a story. They should have just told us the truth. I do want Roman Reigns to come back and make a big splash and go bad guy. Again, check out the older ep episodes for my re uh, for my uh, definition as to why. Uh, it's not just because oh, we should turn Roman Reigns heel. I think it would be something different. And to me, WWE is lacking that something different. So whatever whatever we've got to do. Uh, Jazz says, when is WWE supposed to be doing the Hall of Fame? Well, they mentioned SummerSlam. I think they'll just hold it off till next year. This year doesn't count, basically. This year is a write-off. And I, I can see why. I kind of feel that way too. Uh, Math weighs in on The Fiend. And he says, The Fiend should right now only feud with those who have had a pass with him. On SmackDown, there's Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and Big E left. Assuming I've not missed anyone. Of course, I forgot about Big E. That's what we should do. I, don't, look, I love The Fiend. I love Big E more. I just do. Big E should beat The Fiend for the Universal Championship. End of. I totally agree. Uh, Daz thinks Roman will return at SummerSlam. Uh, not, I hope you're right. But I have a horrible feeling that you're, uh, that you're not. And WW Creative says he thinks The Fiend versus Braun will end at Hell in a Cell. I think we're getting Hell in a Cell this year. You can't fit Hell in a Cell in the Performance Center. You'll get like Hell in a Cage. Not even that. Hell in a Dog's House. It'll be tiny. So I don't think we're getting Hell in a Cell. And I also don't think that's a bad problem. I'm a little bit past the point with gimmick pay-per-views where the gimmick comes in because you're having a show as opposed to having a feud that would benefit hugely from being put in a cage, etc. Uh, Palmer wants to know whether Big E should stay face or turn heel. Good guy. If you want to turn him heel in six months to a year because you come up with a good idea, great. But right now, he's lovable. He's good. He's great. He's got the will of the people. Don't mess with it. I can't stand it when people, not you, I mean in general, I can't stand it when wrestling just does things for the sake of doing it. There's no need. I want, I want him to be champion. So don't take that away from him. Uh, and Big Trump's Tasty Peach says, I think Otis wants to do something different and get back to a tag team and cash that in. The thing is, if you do that, you kind of look like a bit of a moron. 
because the tag team championships are not as lucrative as the world belts or the universal title. I hope they don't do that. And I hope he doesn't get screwed out of it. I just want to see it. Do I versus The Fiend? That's what I want. I want a proper cash in. I'm a maniac. Uh, Galaxy says, what do you think about the Hall of Fame? Oh, we've done this. We talked about the Hall of Fame. We don't need to talk about it again. Uh, Lizzie Awesome says, wrestlers on a leash pay-per-view instead of Hell in a Cell. Well, it would be different. And we've already discussed my, my ideas for difference. And uh, somebody says, Hell in a Swamp. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got no ideas push two other ideas together and on that note i need to go and push some water into my face thank you very much for joining me here on twitch.tv forward to simon 316 again please do go and subscribe to the uh, podcast mostly on apple Podcasts if you're an iphone user just because i'm devastated that my numbers got ruined after apple duplicated my podcast and i had to wipe one that's not fair. I really care about this podcast, but it doesn't matter. There's worse things in the world. Hit the follow button as well if you are on Twitch right now. Patreon.com forward slash Simon316. If you want to come on the podcast or if you want a cameo-like video or a t-shirt or a postcard or to join my weekly Q&As, there's loads of stuff up there. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com if you want merchandise. Search for Simon on YouTube if you want to subscribe to me there. And keep an eye on this Twitch channel. More streams are coming. I'm sorting my life out as we talk. I want to talk to you as much as I can. But for the meantime, have a good Thursday. Enjoy your weekends if I don't see you beforehand. But I will always be in your heart.